said unity, I'm calling my bride to be together in unity. When you're in the shadow of the wing of the Almighty, when He is in the center of your heart and all that you do, God said that my spirit will come forth in individuals, but then my spirit will come forth in unity, in unity, unified, as a team, as a body, a healthy body that will move forth under one command, under one order, under my order, said God, under my order, said the Lord, because there's one Holy Spirit, but there's diversity of tongues, one Holy Spirit, but diversity of gifts, one Holy Spirit, but many people from all different walks, all different places that have all yielded to the Spirit of the living God. Unity, you shall walk, you shall breathe, you shall go forth in me, said the Lord. you've rescued me Lord you've rescued me you rescued me my praise is hallelujah When Daniel was in the pit, the lions were about to devour him. You shut the mouth of the enemy. And you rescued him. When the viper bit Paul on the hand, he shook him off. And you rescued him. We thank you today that we shake off the enemy. We walk in your freedom today, Lord, for you have rescued us. And our praise to you is hallelujah. Hallelujah, thank you. But Lord, we have family members and friends that don't know you. We have co-workers and neighbors that don't know you. The enemy's devouring them. The snake of poison is biting them. But today we put the enemy on notice and say you cannot have them. But we shut the mouth of the enemy. We shut the mouth of the enemy. We stop the poison of the enemy this morning. And on the behalf of the lost, we say thank you, for you have rescued them. You have rescued them. Lord, we may not see it right now, but we're going to believe by faith according to your word. You have rescued them. 
Father, this morning, I thank you for our bishop and Dr. Cheryl. I thank you for the leaders of this house, our shepherds, the one who guides us through the path, the one that you brought us under to lead us. I ask you to bless them abundantly today. Pour out upon them today. Lord, we lift the chaplains, the FRC, the IAC. We lift the ACM touching the globe. We lift the ministries of this church. We thank you. Your hand is upon us. And in 2021, you're giving us new strength to go through the battlefields. And we tell the enemy, we're coming. We're coming. We're coming. But we're not alone. Because we're coming with the army of God. And Jesus is leading us. And the Holy Spirit is guiding us. And we're charging forward. And we're not backing down. And we're coming. 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 And you and do committed. a great job. Amen. There's an echo that normally isn't there. He's working on it. Thank you, Lord. Um, let us pray. Father, thank you this morning for another day of life. Thank you that we get to be alive at this time in your kingdom. Thank you that you are filling this place with your Holy Spirit continuously and filling us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we empty our hearts before you this morning. We come before your heavenly court because we can, because of the blood of Jesus. We thank you that the blood of Jesus paralyzes the enemy. We thank you that we run him out of that courtroom because of the blood of Jesus. And that, Father, you throw our sin as far as the east is from the west. So this morning, God, we stand cleansed of the past, the present, and even into the future, God 
cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus. And God, we thank you this morning that you are giving us ears to hear and that, God, you will honor even this fast as we enter in, that, God, you will honor it and that you will meet us and that you will do a work in us. God, we give you all the praise and glory this morning as we worship you as we are in your presence. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, get excited. Oh, come on, get excited. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, live stream family. We love you. We love every person in this temple this morning. We thank God for this day. And how many of you are excited? about the fast. All right. Woo! Amen. God is up to something and he's going to do great things. Amen. All right. Yes, sir. Question the clerk. What can I do for you? I want to get my money back. He asked the man at the counter of the bakery. I bought this pie here yesterday. The clerk looked at the empty box and said, but where's the pie? The man said, I ate it. All of it. Why do you think I should give you your money back? Asked the clerk, questioning why he brought an empty box. Because of false advertisement. Yes, it says in a box here, this pie should feed six people. I am not six people. Amen. False advertisement. Everybody say amen. amen. I want to talk to you this morning. Uh, and... At the end, we have a special closing for today uh, to remind you that tomorrow <clears throat> we start a church fast from Monday to Saturday, six days. Amen. In the guidelines are here. You pick one up after church. There's different fasts you can choose. Different types of fast. Take the fast of your choosing. And just be faithful, knowing that in a fast, sacrifice is what's important. You give something up of value <coughs> or importance to you. Amen? Amen? And we've applied some scriptures here, as well as we've also put here some directives for the year. We do this every year to pray over and also on the back. Here are some directives. We pray that you will not only pray these, but pray as the Lord leads you, in addition to what's already here. You have Amen. to excuse the handout about communion. It's a little written over because it's my copy, but I wanted you to have it and didn't have time to retype it. But it's there 
so that you can be encouraged to take communion every day. And uh, just some scriptures there, some uh, things you can do, and a wonderful prayer that you can pray over yourself, your family, your loved ones, the nation, the body of Christ. And uh, I think it'll bless you. Amen? If you have your Bibles, um, you can follow on the overhead this passage of Scripture, a very familiar passage we all know, 1 Corinthians 16. The churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. There's a scripture that talks about the temple in 1 Corinthians. And I want to talk to you this morning about the temple of the Lord. The Bible says in Corinthians, you are the what? Temple. temple. Put your hand in your heart and say, I am the temple. I am the temple. When the Bible speaks of temple, it not only means you, the collective body, as a complete temple. It also speaks of you individual as a temple. And Jesus spoke of the actual physical temple in Jerusalem. So three ways to look at the temple. I am the temple. The body of Christ is the temple. And there's a temple in Jerusalem. And let's open up our story today with a familiar passage of scripture in the Gospel of John. John is interesting. As you compare it to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John mentions the animals. The other three Gospels that talk about the cleansing of the temple does not talk about animals. It talks about him cleaning the temple, but doesn't mention the animals. Only John's Gospel mentions the animals. Let's pick this up. Why? Let's look at why. Everybody say, why? And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Leave that right there. The, pa- the Passover was one of the three required feasts that Jewish men were required to attend. The Passover, and notice how they went, went up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was built on a hill. So they always went up to Jerusalem. How many like to go up in God? Next verse. And found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves. No, no, no. Say oxen, oxen sheep, sheep, and doves. And, and the, the money changers. The changers of money sitting. When he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said to them that sold doves, take these things hence. Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. The doves there, 
Other translations use the word pigeons. And from, we know that pigeons were, they're all from the bird family, but some people couldn't afford the doves. So they purchased a lesser expensive bird, which was a pigeon. But other versions will use the word pigeons. The King James uses the word doves. Go on. Is that all there is? Okay. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Then answered the Jews and said to him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered. Amen. So here we are, one of the three required feasts. And um, he's really talking about is judgment on the religious system. Now, let's look at this. In the body of Christ, you have different types of people. In John chapter 2, where this begins, he's not started his public ministry yet. As you read before this, it's the Feast of what? Canaan. Where it talks about turning water into what? Wine. It's all about the joy of the Lord. Are you right? But he said to his mother, hey, I haven't started my ministry yet. He does a miracle. It's based around wine, which is a symbol of joy. Those are happy about God, and happy about the joy of the Lord. And in the same chapter... You see the other side of God. You see the other side of God. We drove out the money changers with righteous anger. He didn't like the sin in the temple of what he saw. In the same chapter, you have the joy in the wine and the Lord Jesus. Oh, he forgives me. I love the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy, the joy, the joy, the joy. Then you, the lion of Judah. And he presents both in the same chapter. But he starts his public ministry with this miracle here. Now, he, remember, growing up as a Jew, he had been to the temple many times before. He was required to go, encouraged to go every year. So he had been into the temple every year up to 30 years of age. But he had to start his ministry until now. Now, what I could find out from Josephus and other historians, there was approximately 100 to 300,000 people living in Jerusalem at the time of Christ's crucifixion. Are you with me? Out of the 100 to 300,000, during the festival times, it would swell to 800 to 1.2 million people would visit Jerusalem during that time. Now, can you imagine... 
going to 800 to 1.2 million. Every house, every tavern, every inn, every barn, every spare room was taken with visitors, people coming from all around. And they would come from different lands, the Jews, with their foreign money. And they'd have to cheat, turn in their money for temple money. And the priest would impose a temple tax. So they had to get their Italian money, their Australian money, wherever they came from, Russian money, I don't know, wherever they came from. They had to change it into the money that the priest decided was the right one to use. Now, this created a lot of opportunities for graph. What I could tell and what I could research they usually charge 10 to 12% interest on the money exchangers. Just by changing your money from one, which the, the priest required, they made 10 to 12%, the money changers. And also, guess who had to inspect the sheep or the oxen to make sure that they were acceptable? The priests. The priest had to inspect the offering. Well, see, if you lived in Russia and you were a Jew traveling to Jerusalem, would you want to take your sheep all the way from Russia or from a different part of Persia all the way to Jerusalem? I know my wife, she'd say, honey, it would just be easier. We'll get it when we get there. Amen. That would be Cheryl's response. We'll just get it when we get there. It's easier. I'm not taking that sheep and I'm not taking my bull all the way across 300 miles to sacrifice it in Jerusalem. I'll buy it when I get there. So a lot of them would not would purchase the animals when they got to Jerusalem. Are you with me? And if you brought your own, you run the risk of the priests, not talking about the high priest, the chief priests, not accepting it. It had to be a perfect. Not spot or what? Wrinkle. And if they didn't accept it, then you were forced to buy one. And guess what? They made money off the what? The animals. They made money off the usury, made money off the animals. And who suffered? The people. Cheryl. It wasn't unusual to have a marketplace around the temple. That's what you need to understand also, that it was very common that there would be marketplace around the temple because the temple was the center of life. It was the center of everyday living. So everything revolved around the temple. But at this time, it would be like having the Olympic Games here in Michigan. And millions of people would come. And then, of course, everything would rise in price. And what it was at, those, at that time was an exploitation of the poor, an exploitation of the unclean, who were the Gentiles that would convert and come to worship. And they would be all taken advantage of. This is what set Jesus off. Not the marketplace atmosphere. He grew up in that. But it was the exploitation of the poor. 
It was the exploitation of people that weren't familiar with the practices. What's different today? Hello? And so we as the body, we as the temples, we have to go forth. We have to stand for the poor. We have to stand up for the widow. We have to stand up for those that are not familiar, who do not know Jesus yet, to inform them and get them into the kingdom and help and take care. How many of you are getting it this morning? We have to be responsible. We have to be the ones to go in and cleanse the world. How many of you have finally come to the place where you realize the world is the world? It's not going to get better. We run around with this fantasy. Oh, if this one does this and that one does that, and I don't care who they are and what they do, our allegiance has to be to the kingdom of God. And we have to pray for our leaders. Pray for our president. President Joe, he loves God. He prays. My God, they were saying how he was in a prayer service before he started his first day. Thank you, Jesus. We have to pray for Kamala. We have to pray for them and trust God, not them. They're humans. We have to forgive. Forgive. Forgive past leaders. Whether we like them all or not, it doesn't really matter. God isn't up for a popularity contest. He just wants us to win as many to him as we can. Amen. When I was in prayer this morning, God spoke to my heart. He said, the enemy knows his days are numbered. So all he's about is trying to snatch as many into his kingdom. And the words that God used in my journal were, misery loves company. So the enemy is miserable. And he wants as much company as he can get. Our job is to go in and cleanse every place that we, the temples, inhabit. And take them with us for the Lord Jesus. This was not an act of cruelty. Amen? This was judgment on the religious system yeah. and what was going on in the temple. That's right. Now, understand that as you approach the temple, on the outside of the temple was a place where the Gentiles mm -hmm. came. It was a court of Gentiles. They weren't allowed to go up. They had to stay in a court of Gentiles. They wanted to worship God. They were Gentile converts to Judaism. But they weren't allowed to go all the way up. They didn't go so far. So they stayed in the court of the Gentiles. Now, interesting. As I was preparing, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I began to study why in John's gospel, not in the other three, does it talk about three animals? Mm, that's good. The oxen, the lambs, and the birds. God wants you to get the oxen 
out of the temple. What, what, what do we mean? What do we mean? Your strong will. Oxens are known for their what? Strength. Well, I'm going to do it this way. I think God's telling me to do it this way. Shut up. I just don't have time to do it this way. I don't have time to do that. I, I, shut up. Just follow orders. You're a soldier for Christ. Let's get in line. Get rid of that strong will. Did you ever hear from your husband or your wife? Why are you so stubborn? I may have heard that a few times. Everybody say Amen. Why are you so stubborn? Because you have an oxen strong will and Jesus wants to get it out of your temple. He wants to grind your strong will out of you. Look at the person next to you and do this. Smile at him. And say, I'm not stubborn. How about you? Now we have another kind in the temple. We have birds. John calls it here in the King James Version doves. Other versions say pigeons, but they're birds. I used to have a bird named Charity. Some of you will remember. Birds are dirty animals. They just poop everywhere. And I was constantly cleaning up messes over this bird. I mean, beautiful bird, but it cleaned he up all these little messes. never cleaning up. What? I was having people clean it up. Yeah, the people was Cheryl. That bird stayed right here in his office. Never came home with us. And birds are flighty. They understand commitment. They're, they're going to do what God tells them to do. They're going to be led of the Lord. They're flighty. They're here one day. They're there the next day. Oh, God told me to go here today. God told me to go. Shut up. Birds are flighty. He wants that out of us. He wants commitment. He wants roots down, fruit up. Not flightiness. Well, I won't go over here because of this one. I won't go over here because of that. I won't go over here. Shut up. Don't. He wants the birds out of the temple. He wants the oxen out of the temple, the strong will. He wants you obedient to him only. And to follow his word and him. But there's a third type they cast out. You imagine you got rid of these three animals? The strong-willed, the flighty ones. They got rid of the sheep. Cheryl, why did you get rid of the sheep? Sheep tend to be dumb. Blind obedience. Just follow whatever. Sounds good, smells good, tastes good. Sheep are innocent and they follow teachings and they follow people and they follow things 
Amen? And they wander off. Amen? They follow the anointing. And they're moved by the signs, wonders, the miracles and the anointing. Judas! Raise the dead! Judas performed signs, wonders, and miracles. In the book of Acts, it says that he was noted among the apostolic ministry. He was anointed to cast out devils. People are drawn, sheep are drawn away by the miracle signs, the anointing on a person's life. Not by their integrity and character and longevity of proven life, of walking with Christ. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing me? I don't want to be one of those sheep that just, ooh, and ooh, ooh. No, I don't want to be one of these that's flighty. You know, you know what birds remind me of in, in, in Christianity? Granola Christians. Fruits, flakes, and nuts. <laughs> then you have the strong willed. They, they have a reason why they can't do what you ask them. They always have a reason. I'll guarantee you the strong will will have a reason why not to do what you've asked them to do. They'll have a reason, justification, an answer, a realization. They just can't seem always to do what they're asked. So he wants that out of your temple, the strong will. He wants out the flightiness of the birds. He wants out the innocent, stupid little lambs. We are lambs. And he loves us. But he wants those characteristics out of his temple. Say, out of me! Out of me. Say, come out! Ah. Come out, 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 out! Ah. The Bible says he casts out these things out. It's the same word he used in the Greek as when he casts out devils. Amen. I want us to notice the style of protest that Jesus distributed there and, and exhibited. The first thing is, it wasn't a peaceful protest. Hello? He didn't politely go in and say, excuse me, and just gently overturn a table. <laughs> excuse me, and gently over... He went in and he looked around and he began to get mad. <laughs> but he wasn't violent. Oh. It wasn't peaceful, but it wasn't violent. He targeted the establishment. He didn't go after the people standing around trying to give their money to the money changer. He went after those that were doing it. He didn't touch the lay people or the poor. He didn't go kick and shove them. He went after the establishment. He goes, this has got, you know, stop. He never physically harmed anybody. Think about that. No one was hurt. 
It is not our job to hurt people. Well, I just got to tell them the truth. You can speak the truth in love. But you're not called to hurt them by judging them. You're not called to hurt them that because they don't agree with you, you get mad at them. How many of you are getting it? We can agree to disagree in the body. We don't have to hurt people. This is an interesting point. Look with me at John chapter 2, verse 16. And said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence. Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. Do you think he said it? Would you mind, please, if you could just get rid of that stuff? He says, get this junk out of here. Look at Mark eleven seventeen. He taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. So I want you to see something there. Not only was he mad, but if you look up the word anger in the Greek, I mean in the, uh, yeah, the Greek, what you're going to find is it also translates heartbreak. Jesus, his anger arose out of his heart being broken because this was his daddy's house. Put yourself in his shoes for a minute. Put yourself at your childhood home growing up, your parents' home. And someone just comes up and starts taking a jackhammer and starts hitting on it. Would you get angry? Especially if your parents still live there. I found that when my parents passed away, they gave their home to me in their will. We inherited the house. And when we were able, we uh, remodeled it a little bit and made it a home for women at that time in our ministry, women and children. But very often, I would go to the house, and it was still in my heart, my parents' home. So if it was unkempt, if it was messy or in disarray, I would gently but firmly say, ladies, we're going to keep this place nice for everyone that lives here. It would anger me because my heart would break because this is where I grew up and this was my father's house. Are you getting it? Jesus, his heart was broken for a minute. Oh my word, what, daddy, what would you say to this? They're exploiting your poor. They're exploiting people that have come to know you and just want to know you. And they're using and abusing because of their greed. And then it said he taught. Don't you love Jesus? He teaches in the midst of disciplining. What can we learn that there's something to learn in the midst of our discipline. That as he is casting junk out 
as he's getting junk out of us, he's teaching us something. He says, is it not written that I have called my house to be a house of prayer for all nations? In other words, every culture, every culture is in my house and you're to love one another and be a people of all nations praying. Now that says something to us even today. Can we be a people? She said it in the prophetic word this morning. Unity. Look what the word says. You and I. T-Y. You and I. You and I, Lord, and all. We come together, all nations, and we love, and we give, and we serve, and we pray together. Why can we pray in the house together, but we go out there and we get ugly? Because all that ugly junk is what he was wanting to get out. Are you hearing me? Jesus wasn't a man of privilege. We got to look at our privilege, gang. Some of us, we don't even think we're privileged. But we're privileged. Because we don't know what it is to walk in other people's shoes. We think, well, I sacrificed this. I said, we don't have a clue. I don't have a clue of what it was to grow up in the Holocaust. I don't have a clue. And I'm Jewish, but I don't have a clue. But it becomes reality to me when my aunt would tell me the stories. It became reality to me when she told of how she had three babies that I never even knew she had because all I knew were my grown cousins. She had three babies before them in the Holocaust as it was breaking out and the guards came in and grabbed her three babies and riddled them with bullets. I don't have a clue. But I'm going to go tell people I know what you're going through. I know what it is to be prejudiced against. I don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. None of us really have a clue. That's the way we get into prayer. We come together and we pray and we love and we get into unity and he teaches us truth. Jesus was prejudiced against. He was discriminated against. He was this dirty Jew. That's how he was seen. I've had people call me that. I was only a little girl when one of my well-meaning neighbors in our neighborhood said, oh, you just lose all the way around. I was six years old, and I'll never forget it. She says, you lose all the way around because both sides of your family killed Jesus. The Italians and the Jews. I went home sobbing. What? Jesus was discriminated against. And his protest in the temple there, that got him killed. First day of his ministry. Comes out with a bang. Eventually it got him killed. 
Eventually, saints, that junk in you is going to get killed. Hallelujah. By the grace of God. Kill it, God. Kill me till all they see is the love of Jesus. Amen. At this time in the temple, there was about 300, you might say, police, religious police. But however, they were temple guards or religious police under the priest's authority. But up above, overlooking them, was the Roman garrison to put down any upheaval they would release the troops if needed to be. Because there was thousands, not a few hundred, there was thousands of people on the Temple Mount to make sacrifice. See, God is not interested. They estimated, Josephus says about 250,000, give or take, animals were sacrificed. Every day, usually between three and six. Sometimes they may have started a little earlier, but between three and six. 250,000 animals during festival time. God says in the Old Testament, I'm not interested in your sacrifice. I want your obedience. I want your obedience. More than all your 250,000 animals. More than your oxen, your sheep, or your flaky birds. I want your obedience. But somehow the religious system got off into sacrifices. God is after our hearts today. He's after our hearts on the inside. Have we gotten that stubbornness, that self-will out? Have we got the flightiness out? And we got, start getting a little more smarter in the decisions that we make and things that we do. God wants to cleanse the temple. He wants to drive these things out of us. He does it through his mercy and through his grace. If you are submitted and committed to Jesus, you can rest assured that God will bring you through. And do that work within your heart. And he will get the glory for changing you. So, honey, don't look at me next time and say, why are you so stubborn? He's changing me. Everybody say amen. <laughs> if you're married this morning, look at your, at, your, at your partner and say, don't be stubborn. Say, he's changing you. And he's changing me. Say, stubbornness, Go. Put your hand in your heart. Say, birds, birds. flightiness, Flightiness. go. Go. Lambs, Lambs. innocence, Innocence. go. Go. I'm not going to follow the anointing. anointing. I'm going to follow Jesus. Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. I want to show you this clip this morning. As you watch Jesus ascend up the steps, uh, some people say, have this guilt about getting angry. They think that if you get angry, you're out of the will of God. There's a righteous anger that is okay. Let's look at it. Jesus ascends up the temple steps. 
Is it not written? Wait. Is it not written? My house. My house shall be called a house of prayer. But you, you have made it a den of thieves. Who are you to tell us this? Here comes the religious system. <clears throat> we teach the law, not you. You pray lofty prayers and love your shows of piety in the temple. morning let's make sure that we're right with God let's make sure that we stand ready to meet our Savior as we prepare this week for our fast as we prepare this week to seek God let's make sure that our hearts are right with him see the temple is about the presence of the Lord you are the temple. We are the temple. And then there's the actual temple that you saw Jesus going up to. Pray with me out loud, all of us. Say, Lord Jesus, get the stubbornness out of me. Lord, get the flightiness out of me. And Lord, get the stupidness out of me. Lord, I commit my life to you. Jesus, Lord of my life. Thank you for dying and rising from the dead. You are my Lord. I thank you for the gift of repentance. Help me surrender all that I am, all that I have to my God. Thank you for dying and rising from the dead from me. For me. Amen. That's the miracle at the end of this story. Come on. As he rose from the dead, he gave you mercy and he gave you grace until we get those things worked out. Say, I thank God for his mercy and his grace. You see, the temple is all about the presence of the Lord. You're all about the presence of the Lord. And he wants to make you into a person that prays, that has constant thoughts about Jesus throughout the day. Whether you're up in the shower, when you walk into the house, when you're cooking breakfast, you're talking, you're listening, you're praying, you're communing with him. He's made you a house of prayer. 
to commune with him. You know, I heard teaching years ago that God has a need. You believe God has a need? And his need is to fellowship with his creation. And that's you. Give the Lord a clap off. And amen. It's all about the presence of the Lord. You're all about the presence of the Lord. I'm going to ask you to worship with me this morning as we close to a song that's been around church world for a while. It's about the presence of the Lord. Are you ready to shout? Are you ready to dance? Are you ready to sing? Then I'll be back to dismiss us after the song. Amen.